Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy. Somebody say he's holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. And so this morning, with the help of the Lord and with you as well, I want to talk to you about God is holy. God is holy. Can you worship Him in His holiness right now? Lord, I praise you today. I thank you, God. Hallelujah, for you are holy. God, praise God. Lord bless you, you can be seated. Paul walked through an area that had a lot of gods and pagan worship gods, and they had a god to the uh, an idol god to the unknown God. And he preached to them Jehovah Jesus. He preached to them about who that unknown God was. Well, let me just tell you today that we serve a God that is extraordinary, that is beyond anything that man can concoct on his own idea and create his own idols. How can we ever attempt to be holy like God if we don't see him for his holiness? How can we? Be holy if we don't see him for who he is. He is above all. He is above all. There is none like him. There is none beside you, beside him. Let me share with you some scriptures that explain that and declare that. Uh, Psalm 113 and 5. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with princes of people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. There's no other God like our God. In 77 and 13 of Psalms, it says, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as our God? Who is so great as our God? Isaiah recorded in 40.25, And whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal? Who are you going to make equal with God, saith the Holy One, the Holy One? 
a few chapters over in 43 and 15, he said, I am the Lord, your holy one. A holy one. There is none like him. He's the creator of Israel, your king. He is the holy one. A few more chapters over in Isaiah 57 and 15, it says, For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. He is holy. Luke 1.49, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. When you describe God and you describe him within the context of his holiness, we mean that he is one of a kind. He stands alone. There is none like him. There is none before him. There is none beside him. A lot under him, but none that are equal with him. Before time, he was. Before time, he was. And when time ceases, he will forever be. Buddha cannot control time. <clears throat> Hare Krishna cannot control time. Muhammad cannot control time. But our God, who is the one that is in time and out of time, can go over to where your promise is, that is tomorrow, and pick it up, and say, this is what is going to happen tomorrow while you're in today. And he sees it all within a moment. For the Bible says he sees our end to our beginning. He doesn't see us from our beginning to the end. But he already knows what's going to happen. Hallelujah. So I want to stay connected to that kind of God. Confucius cannot do that. Hare Krishna cannot do that. But only our God. There is none like unto him. Moses taught Israel to sing, Who is like unto you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness and awesome and glorious, uh, and, and glorious deeds and doing wonders? Now, Moses knew what he was talking about because he was taught in Egypt that there were somewhere around 1,500 gods. 1,500 gods. In Egypt, they had everything that was a god. Did you know that they worshiped frogs? Shows them how smart they were. Worship snakes. That's where these, all of these, these plagues that came upon Egypt represented idol gods that they had. And the Lord said, I want to show you that I'm God. You throw down your staffs and create snakes, mine's going to eat you up. There's none like unto our God. There's none beside him. Century later, Hannah, Samuel's mother, taught Israel to sing, There is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside him for Samuel 2 and 2. Isaiah quotes God when he says, To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Who are you going to compare to the one that is everlasting? Who are you going to pair, compare to the one which is and was and is to come? Who are you going to compare? Amen. Our world today is worshiping self. Last time I looked, I am not a God. Because there would be some different things happening in my world. There would be some folks that would be toast if I was God because I'd be zapping them. 
Amen. Uh, we were at a, a pastor's retreat this past week, and I said, uh, didn't let me be transparent with you because there's some people that have pay, prayed through, and I wish that the Lord would take them right there because the next week they'll be backslid. They leak. They come in and get the Holy Ghost and pray through, and then they're gone and away from God. Amen. If it were me, I'd pray them through, then zap them. Woo, wouldn't that be a power, Brother Jason? Wouldn't that be awesome just to say, you, you, you don't, don't do right? So you're not paying your tithes? Whew. Amen. Well, I better quit while I'm ahead. <clears throat> but there's none that we can compare to our God. He is holy. That means he is absolutely unique and stands alone. There is, there is no other God. He's in a class by himself. We are humans. Rover is a dog. An oak is a tree. The earth is a planet. The Milky Way system is one of a billion galaxies. Gabriel is an angel. Satan is a demon. But only God is God. Only God is God. Let me remind you today that Satan is not a co-equal opposite to God. He is not a co-equal opposite to God. You know, mathematicians, when you got an equal sign, whatever's on this side is equal to whatever's on that side. But I will tell you, here's God, and here's a greater than sign, and here's the enemy of your soul. So when you're with God, you're going to win every time. <clears throat> every time. He's in a class all by himself. Only God is the almighty God. He is holy. He is utterly different. He is utterly distinct. He's unique, and there's none like him. Can I tell you that he alone creates? Satan counterfeits because he can't create. Only God can create everything. He created everything. Amen. He that has no beginning created everything. He alone stands as always was. Amen. Everything else is dependent on something else, but not God. He is self-sufficient. The devil even needs something besides what he can't survive on his own. Amen. The intellects that, that line the halls of academia that are so smart and so wonderful, still, they got to have something to sustain them and help them. He alone needs no help. He is almighty all by himself. And yet I'm going to worry about my life. I'm going to worry about my little issues when he is God. Can you give him praise in this place? I've told the story, but I'll, I'll, I'll share it again because it fits here. You know, when you've been at one pulpit for 18 years, you begin to repeat things. When you're 61, you begin to repeat things. Be patient with your pastor. Shirley MacLaine, a Hollywood actress, actually believed that she was a god. And the story goes that she one time went out to the, to the shores of, of, of the Pacific Ocean. And she stood on the banks of that, that, on the sandy shore of the Pacific Ocean. And she said these words, I am God. I am God. And to me, I look at things a little different, a fellow otter, brother. Uh, I look at things a little different, and I'm thinking of God in heaven that looks down on this 
little speck called earth, and on that little speck is another mighty, mighty, mighty small speck called California. And in California, there's a much smaller and smaller and smaller speck called a lady called Shirley McLean, and she is saying, Hey, God. But that's the way it looks because, because he's a God that spans from one end of the universe to the other end of the universe. And we don't even know what that end is. With all of our technology and all of our microscopes, we do not know all about the heavens because that's where God resides. I want that kind of God. I want that kind of God that's bigger than me, mightier than the earth, mightier than my government, that I, I love America, but bigger than America, bigger than the problems of this world. Do you love him today? Who's likened to him? <clears throat> holiness. When we talk about God in the context of holiness, it means that he stands in a class all by himself. Author, noted author John Piper said this, to say that God is holy means that his value is infinitely greater than the sum of of the value of all other created things. Everything together, all of the heavens, all of the sea, everything in this earth, every man, woman, boy, and girl, every beetle, every bug, every creature, every animal, everything, every fish of the sea, all of it put together. Every millionaire, billionaire, every trillionaire, everybody that's a pauper, everybody that can barely get by. You put anything of value, those that are smart and wise and have understanding to build great buildings and, and highways and computers, all of it combined together cannot hold a thimble in comparison to, to the uniqueness and the power of our God. For our God is holy. Our God set, is set apart. Can you praise him today? But it's important that we see him for his holiness. Holiness is not just the mere absence of, of wrong. It is also the unmistakable presence of right. He's true. He's pure. He's holy. The word holy here is hagios in the Greek, which means set apart, separate, sanctified, sanctified, holy. Amen. When you take something that is just a, a, an average thing and then you sanctify it, you are saying that it has set apart for a particular purpose. Well, God did not have to be sanctified because he's holy. That's his nature. You and I have to be sanctified. And when we are sanctified, it's like this pulpit. This pulpit is made of wood and glass and, 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 and so thankful for it. And, uh, uh, but this pulpit in another location and another purpose would not be sanctified. But when you put it in its place of purpose, hear me today. What makes you sanctified and what makes me sanctified is that we are set apart for a purpose that God made us. Marriage is to be sanctified. That God made it that way. 
Our life is to be sanctified. Purpose and sanctification are one and the same because sanctification sets me apart for my purpose. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about that at one time God called Paul and, and, and Barnabas, I believe it was, and said, separate them separate them to the work I have called them. What is he saying? Sanctify them because this is their work. When God is dealing with, with Brother Dylan and Sister Katie, what is he doing right now? They're in the process of being sanctified for what the work of God has called them to be. Purpose. Purpose. Somebody say purpose. <clears throat> the Hebrew word for holiness is kadesh, which means something which is cut off are separate, or set apart. It describes that which is anti-secular. You have secular and you have sacred, and they are not compatible. Secular means related of the world and that which is temporal. In the category of secular, there are all kinds of things today. But in the category of sacred, things that are set apart, it means they've been elevated, lifted up to the purpose Amen, that is beyond the ordinary. In a class all by itself, you can go to McDonald's and get beef, or you can go to Texas Roadhouse and get a steak. It's the same cow. But they sure don't taste the same. Because I think McDonald's does not elevate their beef. They deflate their beef. It's just a little patty of something. I don't know, processed meat. I don't really know. All you McDonald's lovers, I'm not trying to hurt you. I just want to show you that there is an elevation. Uh, there's an elevation of sanctification. God is never have to be set apart by any other entity. I do. You do. But he does not because he is holy. And then he says, for you to be holy... He's saying, as I am holy, that can only happen by his power and by his direction. None of us are holy on our own. I don't care how good we've been, raised in church, born in church, lived a good life, never told a lie. <clears throat> That's a lie in itself right there. God is holy. Francis Fran Gapain has written a book that I really like about holiness, and let me quote from it. He said, we may think we have spiritual gifts. We may presume that we are holy. We may rejoice with human success. But until we see Christ and abandon our reliance upon our self-righteousness, all we will ever have at best is religion. Is religion. Amen. It doesn't matter what good gifts I have. I can't be holy without a God that is holy. God is not common. God is not casual. Amen. He is not like me or you, but yet he says, be like me. How can I do that without his help? I've said it like this. It's like saying, God saying, jump to the moon. But I can't hardly jump off this stage. A.W. Tozer said, God is the, the holiness is the way God is. He is holy. He does not conform to a standard. He is the standard. He is the standard. He is absolutely holy with an infinite, incomprehensible fullness of purity. 
and that is incapable of being other than what he is. Because he is holy, all his attributes are holy. That is whatever we think of as belonging to God must be thought as holy. His love is holy. His grace is holy. His healing power is holy because that's his nature. And when you get in contact with God and you see him for who he is, there ought to be a sense of, woe is me. I am unclean. Would you love him right now in this place? Come on and praise him for a moment in this house. Hallelujah. In Exodus 15, 11, it is recorded, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, and doing wonders? Do you realize today that the absence of Christian morals and the absence of Christian uh, 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 ethics and Christian character that has been the foundation of our nation for years, when we start pulling that, that out and we start saying, Let's get rid of the Ten Commandments. And we start saying, let's get rid of God. You know what God does? He backs away. And when God backs away, spirits and other gods begin to come in. There is a rise in America over the worship of pagan gods. That were back way, way, way back years ago. And if you were here during our, 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 our Church on Fire series of the Church of Revelation, let me just tell you today, they are here now. But as for me and my house... But as for me and my house, and as long as God puts me in as pastor here, as for me in this church, we are going to serve the Lord our God, for he is holy. I'm sorry, Zeus is not holy. I'm sorry that all the depictions of gods and goddesses uh, uh, that Universal Studios puts on, they are not holy. Oh, man. Did I just step on somebody's toes? If I did, can I just dig it in real quick? He's holy. He's holy. He's set apart. Psalm 22 and 3. But thou art holy. O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. You're holy. Psalm 47 and 8. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. He sits on the throne of his holiness. Psalm 99 and 5. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy. He's bigger. He's better than anything else that this world has to offer. He's bigger and he's better than anything this old brain has to offer. Our God is holy. He's set apart. I know holiness is a word that we want to run from in our culture, but can we run to the holiness of God? Can we run to the fact that he's different than any other entity? He's different than any other institution. He's different than just church denominationalism. He is holy. He stands alone. Psalm 99 and 9. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. So everywhere God is, that is holy. Wherever he shows up, that is holy. Isaiah 5 and 16. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Set apart in purpose of righteousness. Isaiah 12 and 6. It's okay if I give you some word this morning. Amen. If it troubles you, then take it up with our bishop because he's the one to put it in me. Isaiah 12 and 6. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great 
For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Give. Psalm 29 and 2. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. When you enter into his presence, you find that he's holy. When you worship him and he shows up, you're worshiping him in the beauty of... I can almost tell you the moment that God showed up today during our worship, you could feel him just show up in the house. And when he showed up, there was a sense of awe that begins to go over my spirit. Oh, praise be to God. Because he's unlike anything else. You can't watch a, a, a movie that will do that. You can't watch a ball game that will do that. You can't watch a, a go to a concert and do that. But when you come into his presence, there is something unique about his holiness. Would you lift your hands and praise him in the beauty of holiness? Psalm 111 and 9. He sent redemption unto his people and hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Sidebar, personal preference, pet peeve. Please don't call me reverend. There is only one that is reverend. I understand it's a sign of respect. Amen. Call me to supper anytime. But don't call me reverend. Somebody say, don't call Brother Gil reverend. Call me preacher. Call me whatever you feel like. May not be even a good name, but don't call me reverend. Because there's only one reverend. I'm not, th- I'm not saying that somebody else will do different. That's fine. But this is me. Somebody said that's Pastor. Yeah, that's, 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 that's me. The view we have of God right now, the view you have of God right now, it's not big enough. The view we have of God is not big enough. <clears throat> After I see God and his holiness, what shall I do? After I have an internal vision of God and his holiness, what will my external action be? What will my introspection be? I need to see him for who he is. I need to see him for who he is. And for me to see him for who he is, I have to see me for who I am. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. High lifting up, and his train filled the temple. And his next statement was, woe is me. When I see God for being the holiness that he is, it's not about the standard that gets me. It's about his holiness presence that gets me. It's the line that comes from the amazing grace hymn that saved a wretch like me. You know some people that don't want you to say that? They don't want it to be sung. Don't, you don't use the word wretch. What else am I when I stand in his holy presence? Worm? Cockroach? What, 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 what can we, how? We've got to have a sense of when I stand in his holy presence is, oh, woe is me. I'm undone. As Isaiah said, amen. The revelation of his holiness is that I see God for who he is. Many view holiness by comparing themselves with others. They compare their 
holiness with their brother or sister's holiness. But that's not a correct comparison. I have to look at him for his holiness. We grade our holiness by other people rather than seeing ourselves through the holiness of God. We justify by what we do by judging others' lack of holiness to meet our standard. Well, he has an anger. Glad I don't. Well, I may not pay my tithes, but at least I don't, a, way, a woman would say, at least I don't cut my hair. Well, if they're going to get away with this, then there's no problem with me getting away with that. That's what happens when we compare our holiness with God's. Look at them. Well, they're in church leadership, and they are doing that. I don't do that. Folks, we cannot compare others to get the right perspective of holiness. Holiness is looking at him and saying, where do I fit in his perception and understanding of holiness. That's why it must be a relationship with God when I say, I'm not going to say these words, I'm not going to go to these places because I am a child of God and he is holy. I'm not taking Jesus to that location. I'm not going to represent Jesus by wearing that, by saying these words. I'm not going to, I can't do that, but I can't make that comparison with somebody else. I can only get that by looking at him and let him and his holiness show me what I need to do on the path with my walk with God. Somebody say, amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. I must see him for being holy. And who he is. I mentioned Isaiah's revelation. Let's read from Isaiah 6 and 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. Somebody say upon a throne. High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly, and one cried unto another. Listen to this. One cried unto another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. What word did they use to describe him? Could have used all kinds of words to describe the God of heaven. But they said, and notice it doesn't say they said it to him, but they said it to each other. Holy. You say holy. Okay, great. Young ladies, you got it. They said, holy. 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 And they were saying that. Let me just tell you, when you've got no word to describe him, then go back to what is happening in his throne room and that there are angels that are saying this night and day and night and day, holy, holy, holy. We need to remind each other that he's holy. We need to remind each other that he's holy. In our worship, we should remind each other, hey, our God is holy. Our God is set apart. There is none beside him. 
I must see him for his holiness. I must see him for who he is. Oh, let's praise him today. Perhaps we want to be like Paul and be lifted to the third heaven and get some great and grand revelation. But if I can just see him at his throne, something different will be a part of my life. When you see Jesus for who he is, something changes. Job 42 and 1. Job 42 and 1 through 6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything. And that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare declare thou unto me. I have heard, listen to this. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now... My eyes seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. He, like Isaiah, said when I saw him, not just hearing about him, but I saw him for myself. I repented and I was saying, woe is me. We need a revelation of God in a crooked, corrupt uh, culture that says, I see God. He's high and above it. All He's sitting on his throne. Amen. And I see him for who he is. I've heard about him. But oh, when you see him, that my eyes could get a revelation of his holiness. I want to see him for who he is. Holy, holy. Just ask Downing Thomas, who said, I won't believe unless I see. And so Jesus Jesus gave him the option and the opportunity to see him. But before he ever had to touch his hand, put his finger in his side, or his hands in his feet, his response was just seeing him, was this, my Lord and my God. Hallelujah, my Lord. He's not just Jesus, the the Son of God. He is my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Peter walking on the water. Amen. He walked on the water because he fixed his eyes on Jesus. But he started sinking when he got his eyes off of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at the one that is sitting on the throne. Keep your eyes focused on him because he's holy and I am not. He's high and lifted up and I am not. Amen. I, I, I've got to see him for who he is. In Revelation 1, John sees Jesus and collapses. He gets a revelation of who Jesus is and passes out. Wow. We need to let the awe and wonder of a holy God strike us. John was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard the voice of the Lord like a great voice of the trumpet. The Lord then delivered John letters to the seven churches of Revelation. John in that last letter had promised or the Lord had promised in that last letter, and John wrote it down in Revelation 3 and 21, to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne. Let that sink in. 
even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. The next thing John saw right after this was the door of heaven was open and he's ushered into the holy throne room in his vision. And John 4 and 1 begins to depict that vision and that visit into the throne room of heaven. After this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me which said, come up hither. I like that line. We need, to, we need to do that every now and then. We need to just go up a little closer to the Lord. And I will show the things which must be hereafter. And immediately he said, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Not three, but one. One on the throne. One on the throne. And then he describes the scene in verse three. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there... <coughs> There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, the completeness of God. Amen. Excuse me. I'm good. Somebody say the word's still good. Even when pastors to cough. And then he says in verse 6, and, and before the throne there was a sea of glass likened to crystal. In the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes. I'm going to talk about these beasts. So much of this other stuff is rich and real as well. But let's talk about these beasts that were full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face of man, and each of them six wings about him, and they were full, somebody say full, of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, the same thing that Isaiah saw, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Here they find an incredible, or John sees an incredible moment, these that had Eyes, these living creatures all around the throne are, are constant gazing into the glory of God and the beauty of God and the holiness of God. You want to know how we've got to be holy? We must be like these creatures that had eyes full of eyes before and behind. They had eyes within. Amen. The many eyes demonstrate to you and to me how they had an all-inclusive vision, an all-inclusive discernment, not just of what is in the throne room, but what is on the inside. And I believe what we've got to have is a revelation of the throne that gets on the inside, that we can see ourselves as holy before God because we understand the one that sits upon the throne. And they rest not day and night saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. When we're in God's presence, our focus needs to be on that holiness. 
Real worship is the result of seeing his holiness within and without. Let's go and read again our beginning scripture, 1 Peter 1.15. 1 Peter 1 and 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, somebody say he's holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The word be means to become, to acquire a state. He never has to become holy. We do. He become, we, we become holy because he is holy. Be holy. It's not the word necessarily of being, but of becoming. It means to enter into a new state, to become something new. To become holy means to be unlike what you used to be. To be like Jesus requires that we understand his holiness and as well as his redeeming grace and love. D.L. Moody said, a holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow horns. Don't blow horns. They just shine. Impression. Be holy. Become holy. 2 Timothy 1 and 9. Who hath saved us and hath called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He is holy, and he changes us to be holy. Stand with me, please. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, the Lord said, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. The word new means new in quality, something that had never been seen before. God takes those of us that are so wretched, so deplorable, and then he gives us a new heart. He gives us his, new, his spirit, and we become new. What we used to be, old things are passed away because we have been in his presence. Really, this world wants to have a religion and call it, they worship Jesus, but don't change me. Don't make me be different. But when you step in his presence, there has got to be a transformation because you see him for who he is. Holy. Lord, you are holy. Can we worship him in the beauty of holiness right now? Hallelujah, Lord, I want to be like you. Father, I want to be like you. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our 
ministry.